So he's saying he's Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor. Yeah, that's a major red flag. Um, <laughs> I know. This is the Pharrell remix. <laughs> Mad ethnic right now. <laughs> this is Pharrell, but he's experiencing hyperventilating. <laughs> we like to have fun here. Hey, gang. Welcome to the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. Hi. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm okay. Well, you're 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 okay. You're yeah, okay. okay. That's great to hear. Okay. You know what I am? What? I'm Justin Gross, oh. who is the CEO, president, fan club chairperson, FO, BLBO, and today I'm also um, New York Times bestseller, um, with a with a murder mystery manuscript. Wait, oh. it's wait. I to thought be you were going to say you're Jamie Lynn Spears. I am Jamie Lynn Spears. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think Jamie Lynn Spears' next book is going to be? Huh? Oh. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's my story. And who um, are you? I mean, I am. So I am the VP. Mm-hmm. PP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've made this joke before. But I do like it. I really love it. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a favorite. PP. Uh-huh. Um, potty. Potty. I, I go clean the bathroom. Yeah, some... no, that had nothing to do with what I was saying. I would saying. argue that it did because I wanted you to stop talking about the potty. I'm not. I am. Well, I was gonna. <laughs> But now I'm going to say it again. So I was at PP Potty. I clean the bathrooms. I am the janitor. I work in... I'm a janitor. I'm the janitor of the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. I work tireless hours and I'm paid not nearly enough. I don't pay you at all, actually. Please, I give me... Please, please, sir. Just give me your script. Just give me crumbs. No, you should I consider unionizing so I can bust your union. That's a good drag. That's a good drag king name, Buster Union. Buster Union is a good drag king name. We're copywriting that. You can't have it. If you, <laughs> you can't have it. it. I just, I just copyrighted it. Yeah. it. I have the rights to this. I got me, gal. That's Buster Union. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's one. A great that's great That's Buster Union. Now that we've copyrighted there Buster Union. There got me, gal. Uh, <laughs> so, we have so much fun. We have so much fun. So what do we? What do? Uh, here at the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club, every week we talk about a new Jake Gyllenhaal film. Yes. And how much we liked it. Yes. And we never dislike any Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Um, that's We've never not once true. disliked a Turn Jake Mike up on the thing. On here? Yeah, I think sure? that's not right. Yeah, a little more. Yeah, I think that's good. That's on, that's on par. Okay. Usually you're a little bit louder than me, but that's okay. Well, it's because you talk louder naturally. I guess that's true. Yeah. You got a big old voice. I got a big Made old for the opera. Also got a big heart. An enlarged heart because of all the McDonald's I'm putting For in For all there. the human growth hormone you take. <laughs> oh, my God. We're already off topic. We're already off topic. Yeah. We're like four minutes deep into the show. It's not as fun doing bits on my show. What? How so? I feel like I we always get in. It's discourse. So it's like yeah, not as interesting. Yeah, I guess it is discourse based. By the way, speaking of uh, Gem's show, if you don't know, One Boy Allowed, where we talk about music and pop music and discourse in both and of misogyny, r- And misogyny. And misogyny. Racism. Everything. Everything. And that's on YouTube. If you look up, look it up. What, what, one boy allowed on YouTube. Or no boys allowed. Or X, no boys allowed. X name. Anyway, dead name. Dead name. Dead name. <laughs> dead name. Dead name. Anyway. Oh my God. So this week's film, this week's Jill and film, of course, was 2016's. Yes. Tom Ford's Nocturnal Animals. I will. I will do exactly a minute of Jill and news. <laughs> Thank you.
I'm not laughing and you're laughing. <laughs> this is how it goes every week. Joke theft is not this funny. This is how it goes. It's not joke theft if it's a, if it's a sound effect from a movie. I'm calling the cops. Call the I'm police. calling the Come to Call Brazil. Is that the podcast? Yeah, Come to Brazil. I've never listened to it, but I, I know that you're a thief. <laughs> you, should, you should DM both of them and be like, I just want you to know that I'm on a podcast and my co-host Stealing steals. all of your sound bites. Steals a lot of your sound bites, but only from 2019. Only the ones from your episodes in 2019. I don't know why. Okay. What's well, because I think that when they were funny. Um, anyway. Okay. Anywho. Okay. Go on. Today's Jill and News is going to be very brief because I do want to spend as much time as possible talking about Nocturnal Go Animals. On. It's just that, oh boy, award season is not looking promising, you guys. We're going to talk about award season a lot next week because the nominations will... No, in two weeks. Because nominations will be out after next week's episode, right? Okay. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying right. I'm saying right as in correct. Okay. Whatever. Um, Writers Guild of America and Directors Guild uh, released their nominations for Best Stuff of the Year. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal has won, uh, has at least gotten nominated for Best First Feature. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's pretty good. I, still I haven't seen this movie. don't think The Lost Daughter picked one up for adapted screenplay. I can check. But um, again, in general, uh, the things that are picking up nominations this year are really bad. And it, it's really disheartening to watch all the bad movies also be the ones that everyone's talking about uh, for awards prestige. Bums me out. Yeah, at least Gaga's probably going to get something. And uh, I'm I don't like least. that because I didn't like that movie. I didn't like that movie, but Gaga's it. good. I, uh, There's nothing wrong with her performance uh, in that. Really name one thing that's wrong with her performance. Um, her... Exactly. Too hot and sexy. That's what. Yeah, it, that's I, what I'd I get say. So horned up when I watch. She it. is not the problem with that movie. Her, yeah. The problem is Jared. We all know it's There's Jared. There's a lot of problems with that movie. Anyway, it's Jared. This though. isn't the Adam Driver fan club this week. It could be later, but it's not right now. No. But you know I'll what it is something. right now? It's the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. Let's talk about nocturnal animals. So this is continuing our our like exploration into um, movies that Jake Gyllenhaal somehow picked up awards prestige for, with. Brokeback Mountain. With Brokeback Mountain, it made a lot of sense. Brokeback Mountain is an obviously good movie. It's, it's very great. competent. It's a towering it's achievement. It's sensitive. It's emotional. It is and good then on there's nearly every this level. Movie. Nocturnal Animals is so, a movie that is not all of those things. I should just start off. I'd love for you to I start think off. I have more to say than you. You probably do. I also have things it's, because... Okay, Okay. Seeing that that is the case, I'm going to start off with my position. Can I? Let me finish what I was saying. Go ahead. I also have more things to say because I watched this with our dear friend and my roommate, uh, Kat Musundin. A listener, devoted listeners of the pod might remember that Kat appeared on our episode about Bubble Boy. Anyway. Yes. yes. So tell me your thoughts and uh, I'll see where ours line up and where I disagree. Here are my thoughts on Nocturnal Animals. Mm-hmm. Nocturnal Animals is a movie that I have been waiting to watch for five, six years at this point. Since okay. it came out. It is one that I have been dying to see. Guess not dying hard enough because it took Clearly. too long. Because at, at a certain point, I, after about year one, I knew that it was never going to be as good as I thought it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. It was never going to live up to what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I was going to in some way be disappointed or otherwise underwhelmed by the by it. So I did figure, why rip this band-aid off? Let's just pretend that Nocturnal Animals is going to be a great movie <laughs> and then I'll never watch it. Yeah. Because the response to Nocturnal Animals when it came out was surprisingly, and this is kind of a giveaway of how I feel about it, surprisingly overwhelmingly positive. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Everybody loved this movie yeah. um, at time of release. Um Jake robbed. Amy robbed. Michael Shannon robbed. Aaron Taylor Johnson not robbed. He won a Golden Globe for this movie. Who's um, Aaron Taylor? The crazy killer guy. Oh, he was fine. He won an award. 
What else is he in? Um, he's been in a lot of the he, X Men movies. Good looking. He's oh. super hot. He's married to the guy who directed the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie, and that's the, there's that big age gap that everybody cares about. He's the age, or she's the age. She's the age. She, she's like fifty. Oh, he's who cares? Like thirty something. Oh, who cares? I we don't have to talk about it on air. I'm not yeah, going. I'm care. not going to. Um, then last night I watched Nocturnal Animals, and I thought it was fine. No, I did not think it was fine. I had a lot of problems with Nocturnal Animals, but I like. Was, you thought it was uh, leaning towards the n- negative, but closer to the middle than to the, you know. I was I was beguiled and bewitched. You by gave nocturnal it, you animals. gave it a three stars, which I think is is I too gave it three neutral. Stars, and that's kind of how I felt about it. I was I, f- I felt about nocturnal animals the same way that I felt about um, uh, Paul Verhoeven's Benedetta, which is that I expected it to be a lot more wild or at least a lot more interesting, and it was neither of those things to me. So. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into, uh, I'm assuming, a point by point breakdown of how both of us feel. Jem, I need to, I need to how'd say, how do you feel about Nocturnal Animals? I hated this movie. Jem hated Nocturnal Animals. And I Kat gave also it, hated Nocturnal I, Animals. Cat, like, I feel more like, like, more negative about this than Cat does, uh-huh. but we have the same points. I'm just a little more strong about sure. them. Okay. I gave this one and a half stars. You gave this one and a half. Because which I, did, I, 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 don't, point, I didn't even want to give it that, I honestly. made a point to not talk to Jem about this movie before before today. Yeah. I did peep at their letterbox review when it came out, and I was, <laughs> I was shocked. I said, I, was I, it, 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 I believe, I, off the top of my head, I believe it says, uh, Mama, this is garbage. Jake can't even save this. Or and, it was Mama, uh, this is garbage. I think it was name one thing this movie does successfully. I had to change it because I was like, here, it, I, Jake is good. Yes. Meg O'Shannon is good. Casting is fine, except for yeah. Amy. I'll get into this. Um, I don't hate Amy though. I didn't. I, I just didn't okay. think she did anything. Let's... And then that it does that successfully. So I'll give it a star for acting and casting, mm-hmm. and then half a star because it's not ugly. No, it's not hideous. <laughs> it's not hideous. So I'm going to put put down. So first of all, I can understand how people are neutral about this movie. Sure. I can't, uh, because, you know, like I said, not ugly, acting is good, Mm -hmm. interesting concept. Right. Which is where I'm coming in on this movie, is that I think there are... True. I, I, like I I said this to Jim earlier, and I will say it now on air where people can actually hear me say it. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that came up when we talked about S. Darko all those years and years ago. (laughs) Which is that I I personally believe that I am very sensitive to potential in a movie versus, like, what a movie actually accomplishes. Yeah. Um, and I do give Nocturnal Animals a lot of credit for what it could have done, not what it actually did. But I can't even get a cr- give that credit to the movie because this is based off of a book. But so I and the adaptation I don't think is good. But the, I will so say I there say are a lot of de- there are a lot of departures here in Tom Ford's. Well, okay. Uh, but, but I, I th- wasn't I interested kind of in any of the departures. Okay. So, um, and then my here's my main issue. Mm-hmm. There are one of the biggest things I kept looking at. And coming to, and what makes this offensive to me is, of course, I'll get into it. Execution, just as a whole, mm-hmm. I I just don't think this movie did anything successfully. Right. And but also, here's another big issue that drove me crazier than maybe the average person would, and it's that this movie takes things that I like in movies, but does it in a way that is so bad. And I will get into this often. Let's okay. I Should we get... let's do a plot synopsis I'll, vaguely I, I can, first? I can do a drive-by plot synopsis Go really quickly. It. Amy Adams, 
is a rich art gallery, either an artist or an art gallery coordinator. Yeah, chair, so she's person, like a char like that. Yes. something like that. Uh, she's something like Getty, with, She's probably. unsatisfied with her job because it's creatively unfulfilling and she believes herself to be a hack. She's married to Army Hammer, who are, which is um, romantically unfilling, and he's constantly cheating on her. And she's divorced from Jake Gyllenhaal as of 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. One day she gets a manuscript from Jake Gyllenhaal, who was a writer when they were together and is still a writer. She reads through the manuscript. Is it a manuscript it's if a it's manuscript. a book? It's a, it, well, it's a, going to be a book. It's currently a manuscript. Oh, okay. Yes. She reads through the manuscript. It is a violent graphic allegory, I think is a cor- the correct word for it, um, of Jake Gyllenhaal losing uh, a, char- a character also played by Jake Gyllenhaal, losing his wife and daughter to violent street, um, to violent, like, redneck, redneck thugs on a drive from one part of Texas to another, and the quest to take revenge on them and find them. That is that is the movie, and while and as Amy Adams reads it, she receives. She's flash- sad. She's sad, <laughs> and she flashbacks to her own relationship with the real life Jake Gyllenhaal, the writer of the book, mm-hmm. and how it crumbled in a in a similar okay. allegorical fashion. Here's another weird detail to add. Tell me the weird detail. You cared more about this than me. Okay. The beginning of this movie. Yes. Has the title sequence. We can- I, I don't. I is don't think older we- fat women. Dancing. I think that there's no way we can't talk about this this part. I don't have anything to say besides I did not see what this had to do with anything. That is my biggest critique of that part, but the whole movie in general. What did it have to do with anything? What did that have to do with anything? And I think that Tom Ford doesn't know. But he thought... (laughs) He he, liked it. But he did think he was saying something. That's the thing of this whole movie. Because Amy Adams' character is Mm -hmm. dissatisfied because she thinks she's a hack. And I do think that the intentionality of this first sequence, and for those of you who don't know, it is a sequence where about three, na- like, naked fat women, oh, like, oh, like, I guess the clinical term would be obese. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm, like, if that's obese, right? Uh-huh. Are, are dancing. They're in a lot of American regalia, like, marching band. They have sparklers, what, what, what not, what yeah. have you. And then it pans, at some point, it cuts back to this image is being projected on two big screens in Amy Adams' yeah, this gallery. Yeah, this is her and that the three, art And that the three thing. women uh, in the gallery are just lying down on big slabs of, like, gallery. They're lying gallery. Like, slabs of <laughs> slabs gallery. Slabs of gallery. Right? And Amy Adams hates this installation. She hates it. Yeah. And so I... I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. it. I liked it. What Tom Ford thinks he's trying to say, right? This is what I think. Tom Ford thinks that he's trying to say that this image is hacky and obvious and grotesque in a bad way, and mm. that and that it's obvious. It's obviously a shallow, stupid commentary about. Amy Adams says that it's about junk culture. I'm putting that in air quotes. Junk yeah. culture in America. And Tom thinks that this is obvious, right? Okay. Yeah. I think that. This reads to me as Tom saying, look at these fat women. Aren't they horrifying? Are yeah. you not unsettled by these fat women and their fat at bodies? At first I thought, I thought it was going to be because this is 2016. Uh, I was like, okay, people know that fat people aren't, you know, inherently bad they like don't, before. Though. Especially, especially I was a man trying who, to give credit. A man who's who works coming, in the fashion like, like, industry. Yeah, exactly. A man who's coming from high fashion. I was trying so hard to give him credit that. when I first saw that. but uh... No, I, and I, I, I'm going to give him the credit of this. This is the credit I will give him. Uh-huh. Those are three women that you do not get to do that on on screen unless you give them a good explanation of, as to why. Yeah. And, so I'm uh, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, or not the benefit. The I'm willing to give him that in his head this made sense, or that, or in even in explanation this I, made sense on paper this made sense. Also, here's another example of interesting idea, horrible execution. Mm-hmm. This is the 
an interesting visual. Mm-hmm. But you make this the f- t- the title sequence of your movie. Yes. And it makes me go, so you want this to be the first thing we notice. Exactly. And then it never comes back. And with it's, the not, exception it's not of, that relevant ever Of again. one thing that does allude back to it. I will. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. These are white women, by the way. Of course. And the background is red. Mm-hmm. We will get back to that later. Mm-hmm. So let me get into something that's very a very big thing that got me Absolutely. in this Go movie. On. And this is my first point. I have a series of points, and uh, these many of these are in part uh, came to these conclusions with Kat. Okay. So don't credit me with all of these if they're good or bad. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Can I credit the... only you if they're good? Yes. Okay. And if they're cat, if they're bad, should I credit Cat only? Yes. Okay. Got it. Just making sure. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. The the moment I knew I was gonna have problems with this movie mm-hmm. is I'm like anybody who is a woman or was a woman. Or is feminine even a little? A feminist. Feminist. Equalization of the Texas. Yes. Girl power. There's a f- we're putting up fists. Girl you power. can't see. Just like I have my cat, you know, cat ears Your, hat yeah, the, on. The, the, the pink hat? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I've got a sign that says down with sis. Yes. Yeah, because I, I am a, I'm, um. You're sis. I am. But you want them down. Yeah. I'm, this, but I'm so down. I need to get to the point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew I when I knew, realized, which was pretty fast, mm-hmm. that this was going to be a violence against women moment, mm. an R word and murder. Mm-hmm. I was like, it takes. I'm not a prude. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of like horrifying moments. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't even have strong boundaries of what I consider gratuitous and not gratuitous. Sure. But this I didn't like. What part? The 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 way the that they portrayed it and the way that it was well first of all cat goes into this with okay. a true crime Pause. lens. Pause. Mm-hmm. For for context's sake, mm-hmm. in the manuscript that Amy Adams reads, mm-hmm. um, Jake Gyllenhaal, the char- the book character, mm-hmm. his wife and child are kidnapped, sexually assaulted, violently, mm-hmm. and murdered by Aaron Taylor Johnson and his gang of thugs. Yes. That is the, that is the crime. That's of what happens. Yes. And um, this is and this is the his sole motivator for his quest yes. for revenge. This is what I will I and this is me giving it leeway mm-hmm. because it is purposefully supposed to be disturbing. Yes. Yeah. But this is this I think this entire concept just plays out better as a book. This uh, did we already say this? This was originally yes, we did. a yes. book. It's called Tony and Susan. For those Tony of you, and Susan. You don't know. Uh, I because the way that it was visually read. Uh, it was too disturbing and it in in a book that's in a, in a concept that's already about making this like woman feel bad about her actions mm-hmm. seeing the contrast between the two different stories of like you know mm-hmm. sexually assaulted and murdered right and then a lady who feels bad i'm like if they're trying to draw a connection between these two it doesn't seem like a like does this movie think it's feminist or is it trying to hate well, again, women on purpose it's horrendously clumsy because at, we don't yet know and will not know for a very long time why it is that Jake Gyllenhaal, the character in the in the Real. world of Amy Adams, mm-hmm. wants Amy Adams to feel bad about herself. Yeah. We don't know and won't know for another. Oh yeah, for context, their relationship. That was over for nineteen years at that point. Yeah, and how it fell apart is she cheated on him. And she was pregnant with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, we're just gonna uh, go for it. Yeah, and then okay. don't don't aborted it. Yeah. So, is the parallel like lost the wife and kid supposed to be a parallel to the 
you aborted my kid and then you left me type like the parallels aren't clear first of all right. but I, but i'm not going to get into that i'm still trying to focus on the uh, gratuitous you know this use of well, women let's... in the book story yes um i wrote specifically it really it was very disturbing to me sure um, and it wasn't like super graphic, like a like a true like exploitation type movie right. is. But it, it was but it was very visceral. Very visceral. There's a scene that was there was a, like a moment shot where you like see the daughter getting you know assaulted, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like scary to Jake. I'm like, of course it's scary, but also like women are watching this movie. It's scary. And it was well, not the, like the a... interesting part of that frame is that it's scary to Jake not just because of the a- action uh-huh. occurring but specifically the way that then the man doing the action here's why I found this this section interesting and okay. this is my biggest critique but also the reason why I almost like this movie mm-hmm. this had the opportunity mm-hmm. to I think be a really interesting exploration of the like of masculinity yeah. and the idea of like ownership of women of woman and yes. womanhood and how yes. and Cat how this translates this up, to the between these two people because this section of the movie does very much and in my opinion effectively very effectively feel like a power play for ownership of these two women between Jake Gyllenhaal and Aaron Taylor Johnson that is what i think and i do think in terms of yeah. it being feminist or not yeah. I do think that that is what Tom Ford wanted to he do. He thinks he's doing. He thinks he's doing a but good here's job. But sim- this is so. Cat brought up how, yeah, the the book story has the uh-huh. potential to be commentary on masculinity, yes. but it is not successful to me. No. Um, and here's something I say before I get to my second point. You said uh, I'll get into the cat. Cat said. Mm-hmm. I wrote that this made me disturbed, but there was no other emotion that went hand in hand with the disturbing mm. fate of these girls, which is to me what makes, you know, something not gratuitous. It's like, is this, it doesn't even always have to say something, but mm-hmm. you have to be, there was no taste. It was not tasteful okay. to me the way that this was executed. And it didn't feel like it was intentional. It just read as shocking for the sake of shocking or mm. ma- even if it wasn't on purpose, it didn't read like this was necessary to the, to, uh, the visual language. Mm-hmm. Because it's already disturbing enough just what happens and the way that they one distinct moment I'm going to get into that I found very disturbing and the parallel I'll get into it in a second. And yeah, I just said here's um, something. Here's an idea. Let me find the exact thing I was saying. The one moment that I really didn't like. Okay. It is when. uh, Oh, here's Kat. Kat, I wrote uh, this is Kat and I were talking about this cat. Cat token fat weighing in on opening scene. (laughs) That's what Kat and I said. Excellent. Cat said, cool to see those bodies portrayed as flirty, but also seen as other. No winning here. Mm-hmm. Uh, fat. Pe- also, the only other fat people are uh, that we see in this movie are background characters, and one has a Burger King crown on, so mm-hmm. great. But this is what I thought. I don't actually think I wrote this down, but Kat and I were both talking about the scene where we... F- this is something I really didn't want to see, and I thought was a moment that so I thought was, was a bridge too far. It's when they find both of the bodies mm. on a bright red chase lounge. Right. Which is the exact contrast to the fat, dancing, older women at the beginning of this movie. Okay, that is the yes. only visual tie-back to that original scene yes. that I noticed, besides okay, yeah. Amy Adams wearing red lipstick sometimes. Mm-hmm which she takes off at the end of the movie. And I'm like, that could be symbolism, Ooh. but I don't know what this movie's trying to say. Right. 
And so, again, I think it's trying to say something feminist, but in it, since it's so poorly executed, it just reads as offensive t- against women, where it's like, you know, it's talking about the women at the beginning of this movie, like it's junk, it's representing junk culture, and these women at the beginning are, are kind of played out to be seen like as a joke and mm-hmm. as othering them. Yes. And then when you find the dead bodies of the women, it's the same visual mm-hmm. visuals. Here's something. And so I'm like, so here's this. What is this even doing? Talking about the visual language of this movie, there's a lot of these high contrast. It's very high contrast, both color wise, but specifically this idea of like hyper, the hyper modern and the elegant in contrast with the dis, the dirty, the outwet, the um, rural, and the the dilapidated, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the idea at play here is this concept of real art and the emotional effect it could have on a person versus, like, fake art or... Yeah. I'm not saying it is good, but this is my understanding could, of why like it a, looks it this could, way. It could be. I don't Who think... Knows? This, is, this is something that I do think it is. Oh, Kat texted me and This said, is something I do think um, it is. But, uh, Let me talk. Okay. Tom Ford, I think, is trying to understand or, like, relate this idea back to his own life and his own sphere of influence that being fashion and design and and of course the realm of the ultra wealthy where our obs- their obsession and hyperfixation on the realm of the beautiful and like the aesthetic kind of sort of distracts them from like true meaning and true feeling because we have like these characters at the these two kooky characters at the beginning of the movie who never come back Michael Sheen and that other guy yeah. and that other woman who who are happy who say that they're happy like because what, what they were like weirdly spiritual right they they were in like a both like they a were, gay they were platonic in a weird, they were relationship. In a weird platonic relationship. I think they were like one of them was like kind of kooky spiritual type type thing. Uh huh. And they're kind of portrayed. They're portrayed as wacky, but they're portrayed as fulfilled, right? Yeah. And I think I think that this like whole that. the movie after that point, the journey that Amy Adams is having here is this exploration of Jake Gyllenhaal also further punishing her by saying. Uh, unintentionally, that your art doesn't mean anything because it's like vap, it's vapid, and it fits the aesthetic sensibilities of the world you live in. My art challenges you, and and it challenges both you and your sensibilities, not just you as a person, but then like the things that you value, your these aesthetics, these this cleanliness, this the sleekness, and that. And I think like that's kind of what Tom Ford is going for with these like high contrast scenes of like again the the like these visceral, disgusting graphic moments. But like in beautiful places, if that makes sense. Kind of, but the, uh, that I don't doesn't, think it's great. That doesn't but explain. I, it, I do think it's what he's doing. Also, here's why. Cat said that I, I just I'm trying to stay on track so hard uh-huh. with my brain. I know. Cat said the daughter's back shot while she's dead is weirdly sexual because that's how you show non-genital nudity other times. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know what moment that's referring to. I, I don't, don't remember. Well, it's the part where the, we are introduced to their two dead bodies with oh. the, the shot of uh, the daughter's back on the couch. And then it cuts to that shot being replicated in real life by Amy Adams' oh, real daughter yeah. and her boyfriend, yeah. right? Here's my thing. Again, I don't think it's... I mean, it's weird, but, like, intentionally weird. Like, the point is to kind of make it this sexual, this hypersexualized moment, because, again, it is about the ownership of these two women's bodies. So I understand why it happened. I don't, I mean, tasteful or not. I just don't. I, like, it makes sense because the idea is that it is supposed to be a message to Jake Gyllenhaal's character about how Aaron Taylor Johnson now kind of, I guess, kind of forever 
owns his perception his perception of these two women. But I just don't find this to be successful at all. Uh, sure. Because none of this reads unless you're giving like you're giving credit and you're taking away from the te- the, the actual not text but text of this movie and mm. you're trying to give more credit than there is. I don't think, in my opinion. I don't think I'm none of this. I don't think I'm giving too much credit. I uh, think I think that this is the intention here. I have no idea because also when I'm reading things, mm-hmm. Tom Ford is not saying anything that which re- <laughs> i.e. I read an interview with him uh-huh. and the first quote is this is a movie about money i'm like i guess it's not not about money but it's like uh, there's just like nothing is clear and i'm not I, okay okay if, if i have to uh, this Here's, movie just doesn't do anything right so this to is gonna me. this is gonna play into something that i do kind of want to talk about and that i kind of been wanting to talk about for a little while and i always want to talk about it okay great okay <laughs> i always want to talk about it this movie plays up plays against this this culture of um ending explained videos, which we talked about all yes! the way in our Donnie Darko I, video. I I was like, this is the only movie that I feel like I need an ending I, explained. I completely for. disagree. <laughs> I think it's totally obvious. I mean, I know what the, I know what it is, but I don't. I feel like I need somebody to be like. I don't know. I need Tom Ford to tell me what he was doing. Why? Because I again, I know what the point is. But, but nothing but fits together. But you need together. him to tell you what it is. I well, I I see everything. I vaguely uh-huh. know, like I know what the the core story and I know the core symbolism. I want to know what he thinks he's doing. Sure, that's I can, what I, can I that. want. Yeah, like I know. Again, I vaguely know what he's trying to do. But again, there's why like misunderstandings where I'm like, I'm sure he's trying to say something feminist, but with. It seems like a woman Haiti kind of movie mm. as a result of just the comparison in its in itself mm-hmm. between Amy Adams cheating on a man in a in a Borton's in a Borton and then a guy who who has like literally like you know gone through one of the worst things I just like on well just well, this this oh. comparison just doesn't even work Wait, period no. to me Hearing you talk about it this does kind of make it work to me of course Jake Gyllenhaal's character who, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal's character who is ultimately, at the end of the day, a man living in the patriarchy, is going to equate a woman who doesn't love him anymore getting an abortion, which she has the right to do, to to strangers on a, on a country road murdering his wife and children. Of course yeah, that's I what know. he's going to do. I, I yeah. know. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that makes sense. But the way this movie frames it, in the way that Amy is shot, which is not particularly interesting because okay. Amy gives nothing in this movie. Yeah, okay. Brief aside, I think that this is a bad Amy Adams She doesn't do anything. Which is rare. She does nothing. Which is rare. Yeah, is, I, it's I, a rarity. I think she's pretty that good. Not, I, dis- I thought... Not in this movie in general. I, yeah, oh, yeah. She's pretty I good. Think she, I think she's generally wooden and and robotic in a way that I don't think... This is this is the question of intentionality. In a way that doesn't feel intentional to me but rather feels like really, really like why are you, are you doing this? You could do better. It's like... And, and here also is the thing mm-hmm. is I think the script is bad. Oh, it's terrible and so the that is, also like, the contributes to how terrible. i laughed out loud constantly because i don't constantly. think because tom ford doesn't know how people talk somehow yes it's there's really a, one odd. there's one line i mean there's lines there's so there's many so also many like editing like, like there's probably when i watch so a movie much. there's so many lines um but yeah the symbolism is so and again here's a point that i made mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna try and find the which one did i not write this uh, oh, here we go. 
I just had so much trouble trying to figure out what was intentional, what wasn't, what's supposed to be symbolism, what isn't. And mm-hmm. I've seen baffling movies. Like, I like, you know, David Lynch movies and, like, I'm thinking of ending things. And, like, Charlie Kaufman, we've both seen. I'm thinking of sure, ending things. Yeah. I've seen intentionally befuddling content. Yes, sure. And artsy things before. This doesn't feel like... This isn't... I agree that there's I, a distinct not, lack of intention here. Yes, there's I'm a sitting. Lack of it's intention. I'm and if some so I feel like if somebody's listening to me speak and being like, "Well, you didn't get it. I got it. I just didn't. I didn't know what what is what it what did what was I supposed to? What sure. what was what me? Was I what was I supposed to, to what was I get? Supposed to get in the first place? Yes, I agree with That's that. That's the problem. I do agree with that. The core story, mm-hmm. I understand. I understand the book in the in the. Uh, real life i understand what it's trying to do mm. but that anything outside of that i it is completely messy and muddled i think that what's happening here is that tom ford and i'm coming up with this theory on the fly i want to point out that i did ask um a friend of ours roe if she knew anything about tom ford and the history of tom ford and how that like coordinates to him being going from designer to director fashion of course is a medium where you have a story to tell in a really weird format and so you're going to have to try mm. and throw as many things together visually to convey that for, to convey that story and that format. Yes. And I think that therefore that's something that Tom Ford is used to doing, where he's throwing a lot at the wall because Vis- he yeah, expects visually. visually, but not, not but now thematically and thematically he's throwing and... the wall visually to convey a thematic. To, to there themes. are certain things like if we're getting into just how this movie is shot, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad. Even, it's not just like shooting wise. It's like oh, in general, co- everything, costuming, coloring, uh, set design, all that stuff. Yes. But this is also a man who I can tell has never been told no, or at least hasn't been told yes. no in like a decade. Yes. Yes. Has not creatively has it's not been the, told uh, no. You can't the do way that this, in a decade. This maybe. the way this movie is shot. I didn't go. I'm not a film major or anything, mm-hmm. but I do. I don't know. I see move, seen a movie before. Mm-hmm. It's like they took to they took Tom Ford to a to a. They just dropped him into a film 101 class yeah. for the day. And then he took every single strategy that he learned and then used it. It's really startlingly quite basic. It's not. It's like. It's a basic. Yes, it's basic. But also it, it uses every single trick in the book and nothing cohesively. Well, my, my there's big, moments of shaky cam. There's moments of fade, just fake black moments of my biggest time issue lapse, in this everything fe- in this feeling incredibly basic was that was the way that he shot shoots dialogue. Yeah, that's very true too. Odd. It was just shot reverse. Shot, shot, reverse. Yeah. like like that like that just classic that classic YouTube talking. YouTube like dinging of dialogue. Yeah, scenes. shot reverse shot shot reverse shot, and it was just that. And I, and again, it's a question of to what end. I don't get it. What purpose does this serve? I don't know. And at a certain point, we, you and I are different. At a certain point, I'm up to a certain point, I am willing to try and parse it out. I am willing to, like, I, I understand, I, I'm, I will take these pieces and put together what movie, the movie you want me to watch, right? I will not. I'll, <laughs> I can't I'll do, do to that. To a point. At least with this one. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. If you want me to do this, I'm going to do this. Because I do think that yeah, the, to a point, to a point, the intent here point. was a feminist film mm-hmm. or a film that that was pro. I have no, I don't even know, man. I think that's what he was trying to do. I can give him that. I don't think he's. I he think didn't he, I think he thinks I he don't likes think he women. Succeeded, <laughs> yeah. But he was attempting to show to to show a movie about 
this idea of like ownership over women and women's bodies is damaging and it damages all the parties involved because neither because Jake's character doesn't survive and Aaron yeah, Taylor Johnson doesn't survive. Something like and that. I thought that was a very Jake does survive, he's just blind. He shot himself. Jake? Oh, he shot himself? Yes. Sad. It, you'd, you'd miss it because it's poorly edited and shot. I did. I but saw, he did I shoot saw two shots and I couldn't tell. Like, did he shoot in the sky? I he was shot, like, he, he what shot his happened? own stomach somehow. Oh. Which, if you if you get into the if you get into the allegorical aspect of it, I do think is Tom Ford saying that Jake Gyllenhaal, the real life character, is saying something about Amy Adams's abortion. Yeah, I which think also that something is being. I'm gonna said try to get here. through some of the smaller points real quick. Okay. Bad abortion dialogue. Really? It could be. Uh, could be really original bad. sin. Could be original sin. Really bad. But wow, hated that. Really bad for, uh, for someone who is so cosmopolitan and who has all these people who are starkly progressive that in was his really movie. Rough. It was odd. Oh, uh, this is another thing of symbolism where I'm like, this is something Kat said. I think him going blind is supposed to be, you know, commentary about revenge. Eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Mm-hmm. But also I'm like, is that in the original? Uh, no, original. Is that just in the book? I don't know. This, I think, I mean, yes, I think that. Can't give Tom that. <laughs> again, well. No, we can because like he's still he's still adapt. He chooses what comes from the book. Like I'm I'm willing I, to. Yeah, I guess it could. I'm willing to. I'm willing. I am willing to give him the idea that this core element of revenge will not satisfy yes. you. Does read in oh, Tom's adaptation too much? If anything, if anything, yes, it is ham fisted. Because when when Amy Adams is in the art gallery and she's staring at a piece of art that is nothing but. A black background and white letters that says the word revenge. Also, I will say shout out to Jenna Malone and Jake Gyllenhaal being in the same movie again. That was cool. She was the girlfriend in Donnie Darko. Now she's back. She was the art gallery person oh. who, who was like, you broke my that... phone. Why'd you break my phone? Oh, I need to say this. I need to say this while you're talking about that scene. <laughs> okay. I can't believe there was a jump scare in this movie. I can't that believe so that. That was the tackiest was so thing. Funny. I could let that go if everything else didn't bother me Tom in Ford, one way or another. Tom Ford wants to do everything. He's he wants doing, to do all of the that things That made me once. physically ill. I couldn't believe. And also that exact scene was like there was humor. Like they were, it was humorous dialogue. But the back, the back, the music was still, there was still like dark CD music. And I was like, what are you, is this a mistake? Was this an accident? Wait, what do you mean? In that scene where yes. she drops the phone. Yes. It's like. The, it's she's a humorous character, the lady with the phone, yeah. Jenna, Jenna, whoever. Yeah. But the the music is still playing, and it's still dark and seedy, and it was playing from like a it was playing during like a solemn visual moment with no dialogue, and I was like, was this an accident? Did they leave this in? It think... was so weird. Oh wait a minute. It felt like an accident. You interpreted Jenna Malone's character to be like comedic. There was like she, I I did because she's like. She's like, I'm watching my kid from my phone. Interesting. I thought it was like, you're on that, you're on that dang phone type think, character. I don't think it, we were meant to like laugh at her because of that. I mean, oh, I, I totally. Well, I thought it was humorous. If it wasn't supposed to be, that's even worse. Interesting. I was, because I don't think it was. I, was, I don't think that was the point. I totally thought it was humorous. She was dressed crazy, and her delivery was funny. But like, Amy, I, a lot of the characters in this movie are dressed pretty crazy. Like, I was that, well, that like, lady was. And Amy Adams is. Orbit. They're all a but lot they're of them all are red. They all have crazy. comical lines, like the la- the couple at the beginning of the movie are crazy and and humor- right, but I do, I, humorous I think, on purpose. Mm-hmm. I thought it was regardless. I found it that Jenna, Jenna Malone's character was meant to be vapid, but not like funny. 
not like funny. Oh, I, I would like to read the script again and maybe see or rewatch that scene because I totally thought it was comical. Mm. I was certain because this movie has humor. It has the spray, the, the Pam cooking spray line, oh, God, yeah. which I can't say on air. But, you know. Can't say that on air. Yeah. Um, let me try to get on, Brittany, do on you know? rails. I don't know. Oh, she doesn't know. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, here's what the biggest problem I have. Okay. Besides, uh, which is just generally, it is hard to see the connection between Amy and this revenge story. Not at all. And there's a lot of there, it, 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 Not at all as in it doesn't connect. Not, yes. a, not as in, not as in I'm disagreeing. It, there's a balance between not wanting things spelled out for you. And having to do the work that the writers or the filmmakers were supposed to do for you. Mm. You know? Okay. Because, like we're doing right now, we're giving, we're, we're, you've said how, like, you're willing to, and even, I I mean, I am too. I'm willing to give, I'm willing to put my brain into things. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to, or obviously I'm willing to if put I my brain one. into movies. If I Yeah, if well, I, had I do. One, I, I have would. two. I have two. Where'd the other one come from? Don't worry. I won't. Don't I worry. won't. I will not. Um, and it's 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 like it's so it's also weird. Here we go, and I will give it credit because it's hard to have parallels that aren't too transparent. Mm-hmm. But also, there it's so obscured that I thought it, and I just thought they weren't on par comparisons and they didn't tie them well enough for yeah, me I would to, say, to understand I would say anything. that the comparisons, the, the like, intention... I knew what they were, but I just didn't see it. I knew what they were. It. I understood that the intent here was that there was supposed to be a comparison, but it didn't make sense or they were deployed, like, the flashbacks with Jake and Amy were deployed, like, at the wrong time. Yeah, it was... It didn't make that sense. Was, and also, like, first of all, Dialogue bad. The scenes, those scenes, mm-hmm. they didn't just, also baseline didn't make me care about those characters no. or Amy or Jake, just any of that. Right. That was not great either. And um, Kat also, Kat has some, uh, where is this? Kat the reformed true crime junkie. Uh, the, the, Kat could not emphasize enough how basic she thought this uh the the story was the revenge story which it is basic it is yes but I, yeah but i would say like it's it just uh, to me i wanted i could let that pass mm-hmm. if it did things to mix up that formula or give you more hints or something with visually in that story to allude back to the original okay sure and i didn't see them visually mm-hmm. or right nothing gave them a fluid connection mm-hmm. and and nothing made that revenge story interesting enough, didn't break yeah. the formula of those types of stories. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I, love I'm going to push back on the idea that the, that the book is basic or like basic in a negative way, especially, you know. I don't feel that, I don't think it's negative but, because but I, I thought it was the I most believe, enjoyable part of this movie. I believe that the intent here is like, a fa- like we're, we're like framing it as if it's like a moral fable, right? That, mm-hmm. that, Amy, that Jake Gyllenhaal as the husband, ex-husband, mm-hmm. is moralizing to Amy Adams with a mm-hmm. very obvious grab yes. you by the head, by by the um by the shoulders and shake you story. The problem sure. is that I think it's kept in like this another fable that Tom Ford is trying to tell us, but yeah. it doesn't. What what the messaging of that fable is doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we're. I, I think it's easy to get frustrated with the parts that do work, 
because the parts that don't, they get swept up in this big whirlpool of the parts that do yeah, not work. Yeah, the parts that do not work. And this is uh, another thing, because if we're trying to look at the revenge story on its own and like how it was entertained, it was more entertaining than the Amy Adams, oh, obviously. Thoroughly. But even then, I thought the villain character, I don't know the name of that actor. Aaron Taylor Johnson. I, I didn't care for how he was written. Obviously, he was acted well. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how it was written. And here's a comparison that I'm going to make, which might be kind of a weird comparison. Okay. You haven't seen this movie, I don't think. Okay. But this takes place in Texas. This movie also takes place in the South. Mm-hmm. I think around Texas as well. I'm going to compare this movie to No Country for Old Men. Okay, sure. Just another like, crime-based yes. story that takes place in Texas. Lots of police officers, scary villain who does evil and kill. It felt like... It was written to be like a new cool, like, because Javier Bardem's character in that movie is incredibly famous. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were trying to do a similarly like kooky, nuanced kind of villain cause, with some of the dialogue and nuance. Where he's like, he's very aware. Like, this villain character is like, I know the law very well. You have to pull over from an accident. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can't do this. You have to read me right. They were, tr- I felt like they were trying to write him as like, Javier Bardem's character in No Country for Old Men, where he's really smart uh-huh. and really hyper aware of things and manipulative, but it, it he they didn't give him enough. This is a, okay. So to go back to No Country for Old Men, Javier Bardem's character is the best part of this movie. Mm-hmm. It is obviously it's a Coen Brothers movie, so the writing's going to be really good. Sure. We don't know anything about his past. We only see what he does in each scene and how he behaves. And we know exactly who this character is. We know what he's like. We learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I think if the, there was a better writer, Aaron, what's his face, his character mm-hmm. had the potential, but the right to be similar. If this where you movie, learn a lot about what this type of person is from what you see. If this had just been the book endings of Amy Adams picks up the memoir from her divorced husband and reads mm-hmm. it. Amy Adams puts down the memoir, goes to meet him at dinner. He doesn't show up. That's the ending, by the way. He doesn't show up. Oh, yeah. Um, And in between those two scenes that are maybe 10 minutes long a piece, Mm -hmm. the rest is the book. Uh Uh-huh. You intercut some wild, sensual moments of Amy Adams. She she whips her glasses off. She puts them back (laughs) on. She (sighs) breathes heavily. She breathes. She submerges herself in the bathtub. Oh, oh, that was beautiful. She emerges from the bathtub, and she's... Oh, they can't see you, oh. Justin. <laughs> but that's why I'm making the noises. I'm making the noises. I'm adding the audio component to make up for the fact that the... I'm, I'm, I'm doing art! I'm doing art in the studio! I'm making art! Okay. I needed okay. A, I needed a clip to to um make for the Instagram, and now I have one. Okay. So you yelling at me? I, I had to cynically devise... You've yelled at me a Instagram. lot today. I love to yell. You've hurt my feelings today. Okay. Anyway, your point. If the movie had just, <laughs> if it point. was, so you had just if Amy the movie Adams' had book only ends. been the book, mm-hmm. and and the framing device of the movie was Amy Adams is reading the book. Mm-hmm. We get no commentary about Tom Ford trying to retrofit, um, the original plot of the book that this is the movie is based off of mm-hmm. to fit critiques of his own industry, of his own sphere of influence, yeah. of cult- American culture, of the echelons of the yeah, whatever, tour, whatever. If none of that was there and it was just revenge is unsatisfying, mm-hmm. that would be so much more compelling. That'd be great. That'd be great. Especially because You'd have at m- the end of the movie, Jake Gyllenhaal, the, the author character, gets his revenge. Yeah, he gets his revenge. And it is pretty freaking satisfying. 
because the movie sets us up to not like Amy Adams yeah. at any point. We do not sympathize for Amy Adams. She's an abortionist. Yeah. She yeah. is. She is. Abortionist. She's is an, that what she she's said? She's an abortionist. <laughs> she's pathetic. Yeah. You know, she, you know what she said to that baby? You know what she said to that ba- that innocent life, that baby in her belly? You know what she said? She said, <laughs> and then she did it. Good use. Good and job. then she did it. Yeah. yeah it, it, and we are not meant to sympathize with that to character, right? The bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. is is it gives you it doesn't give you one flesh to like again if it was bookends yeah you'd be able to flesh out everything better right but then you just have interchanging moments and nobody really feels developed and you, i just never cared about any of this like i just didn't care um and another similar problem is there were t- another comparison to no country for old men that i'd like to make uh-huh is there are tension problems in this movie. The moments of the highest tension in the revenge story, I didn't care and I wanted to keep skipping. First of all, scenes were too long. Yes. Just th- throughout this movie, things just kept going Tom and really didn't liked, stop. Yeah. Tom doesn't know how to edit because he's his own doesn't director. doesn't know how to edit. Yes. Editing is bad. And then... Well, no, not in, like, like in a screenwriting way. Yeah, it doesn't know Tom how to cut things know, yeah, down. Yeah, how to edit. I yeah. mean, the edit's also bad. <laughs> well, the editing, yeah, the editing. That's when I knew that I wasn't going to like this movie or that I wasn't going to love this movie. The first time that the editing is bad to me uh-huh. is when she gets a paper cut and then it, like, oh, like yeah. jump cuts like to only oh, a couple yeah. seconds later. That's when I was like, oh, this movie's incompetent. Yeah. Because that's a that's a significant oh. scene and this movie's yes. too stupid to, that was, yeah. to make that translate. That's significant. Also on like cardboard. Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. You can get paper cuts on that. I don't know. I don't know if you can. Maybe you have you to can. try really hard. Or has and to, I, I do. don't know. The tension problems. Uh-huh. The scenes were too long. And also, here's I'm comparing to another good example of a somewhat similar. Sure. No Country for Old Men, when there is a moment of tension, there is no sound. Mm. There's very little sound. There's a little bit of music throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Some kind of country. Right. There's no sound during the highest points. It is relies solely on visuals. Mm-hmm. And then what? You already know. So you know that guy is getting chased. You know what you know about the characters. What you know about their actions. Right. You have certain ideas of what you might anticipate. And then it diverges away from that. Yes. It is very... I don't love this movie. I think it's very technically good. Sure. And I, the tension is so... Like the scene where Jake Gyllenhaal is about to shoot him. And they're in his weird uh, cabin. And they're having conversation. There was very little sound, but then any moment there was music, it was like, <laughs> it was just a little goofy. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. And I, I there wasn't a single part of this movie where I, I cared. And that was also partially why. I, just... I found it genuinely jarring and alienating in a way that this is probably our biggest departure. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with and I liked. I found it beguiling. Beguiling? I found it infuriating i found it boring and yet intensely interesting mm-hmm. and i would watch it this again movie? you would watch this movie again i would watch this movie again interesting because i want to figure it out still i want to figure it out let me add uh two more points and quickly. then I'll, I'll throw out the final things quickly um no i'm gonna take a long time i'm just kidding you, your visual language was like i'm not joking about I'm not that <laughs> Um, this is something Kat said that I think is probably contributes more to what you were saying about uh-huh. the right talking about women. Uh-huh. 
Kat says that this is a man trying to write a complex woman without knowing what that means. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think that's Which, 100% again, I find, true. I find it incredibly embarrassing given, given the world that Tom Ford worked in. Yeah. That and then um, Kat also need. Uh, we talked about this. The scene where she's with Army Hammy in the car, she's about to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jake sh- appears. I laughed. We laughed so hard at that. Because he's just like. They kind of just, he's like, it's like a second jump scare in this movie. He's so red in the face. It's it's saturated. He's standing like, mom, I threw up. Like, it was so bad. Um, Yeah, there was not a single, even if I'm trying to put aside maybe the moments where I'm just not giving maybe enough credit to the symbolism. Uh I just didn't think this movie did anything good. Uh Makeup bad. Makeup was bad. I thought Amy Adams' makeup looked bad. Okay, sure. I thought other people's make, makeup looked bad. Sure. It was, like, chunky, and it wasn't blended well, which I is didn't. funny, because Tom Ford has his own, like, makeup line, and I was like, flop. Sure. Costumes were mostly good. I liked her beautiful gowns. I didn't like a green dress at the end of the movie, but I also think, again, that it was kind of supposed to be tacky. Probably supposed knows? to be symbolism, yeah. maybe, also. Well, it's, it's I symbol- It's symbolic because she's wearing green instead of red. Instead of red, and she takes her red lipstick off, and that's exactly. a symbol. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams' mom, by the way, in this movie is Anne Hathaway in Brokeback Mountain. She's also 10 years older than Amy Adams. Did you know that? That actress? Uh-huh. Laura Linney. Just, hey, give birth at 10. That Thanks, is Tom. Thanks, Tom. Anything? I, I had like funny things to say at the beginning of this movie, but I don't even want to say them because it doesn't even matter. Well, we, Kat and I did kind of scream when uh, Army Hammer came on. We were, we were a little afraid. Oh, you didn't know? I didn't know. Well, now you know. It was scary. He doesn't look good. He's a scary looking hey, guy. Hey, Jake. How did, hey, um, Tati, how does Jake, what would you say that it was like to be Jake Gyllenhaal at the end of this movie? I was blind. <laughs> I was good. so blind. Let's do our three questions. I don't even, I don't have answers. Well, I, I have answers I'm going to ask for them, them for you anyway. Hey. What? Could you, would you smash or pass uh, Jake no. Hall the, the writer character? Would you smash no. Jake Hall the husband? I would, the husband and the, or the the writer character? The husband, the husband, the fictional Jake Gyllenhaal. The fictional one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely you not. You wouldn't smash? He's too, he's, Oh, he with that, tr- with that beard and that flannel, I would smash. He looks good. I would, I would smash. Oh, would I? He looks good, but I'm too caught up in how I don't like that. I don't like what happened to his wife and kids, and I don't like that story. And and the writer, the writer. I don't I don't know anything about him, but he didn't seem that bad. Could so I guess the, I would. Could you fix I him? will. I could fix him. You could fix the writer. I can fix the writer. Could I you could, fix the yeah. husband? No. No. Well, you got to take him to the hospital first. Yeah, you have to unkill him. Got to give him new eyes. <laughs> I, I was blind. One is easier than the other. I was so blind. <laughs> um, could could this really be no. played by Dylan? Okay. You're I, tired. This was not a movie that. You're tired. I have so much to you say, and yet, I, and yet I feel nothing about this oh. movie. People are, we gotta go? The guy after us doesn't have swipe access still, and I don't think he's gonna look up the door code. Let's just get it over with. I told him the door code. It's okay. Bad. Bad. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our highly contentious episode of the of the Jake Hall fan club where we talked about nocturnal animals. I um, liked it. Can I give a one sentence Adam, Adam Driver uh, fan club? No, I really want to let one that guy sentence. in. I want to let that guy in. I, we, gotta, we gotta go. I think we gotta go. Ooh. I feel bad. I feel bad. Um, okay. Next week's movie... Uh, I'm really excited about this one. This is another one that I've been waiting to watch for a while because it's by a director that I actually like. Um, R.I.P. Jean-Marc Vallier, he's passed. Um, we are watching Demolition. I don't know anything about it. I've never heard it. of this movie before. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has headphones, and there's a there's like and that's it. You probably haven't heard of it. No. And that's it. Is it good? I hope so. Okay. I like the guy who made it. Okay. Me, we that's gotta it. go. We gotta go. We gotta let the person in with the door code. This has been the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. We're gonna see you later. I'll do that right now. Goodbye. Critique is so limiting and emotionally draining.